I'm not sure if I'm so uh, nervous about the actual speaking on stage. It's more the, it's more me thinking that uh, do I have a good enough story to tell people, or do I do I know enough um, stuff that that they want to hear, or do I know do I have something uh, that people would appreciate that that uh, to put out there? That's kind of maybe what would hold me back. Hi there. Welcome to Working Out, a podcast discussing the journey towards doing what you love. On the show, we discuss our own experiences in creating our passion-based businesses. We talk about all the challenges we've encountered, all the mistakes we've made, and share some of our advice to help you create a business doing what you love. Enjoy the show. Hello, Paddy. Hey, Ashley. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Um, not much has changed since we last spoke. Um, I guess, I guess not. No. No. We launched a wee app, and people seem to be people seem it. to be enjoying it. Yeah, and I've been uh, using it myself. So. And uh, nothing has yet broken, so <laughs> all is good on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not doing our CDs anymore. We're, we've moved on from that. Well, we're not doing our yeah our mini series. Yeah. Uh, now we're back to normal normal scheduled uh, yeah schedule yeah i wondered if how people feel about that i quite enjoyed having something that was so focused to do for the past few weeks yeah anyway i think we should definitely do it again yeah do another wee project together it was fun or or do another wee mini series on on something we'll definitely do that again in the future i think absolutely but today we are talking about preparing for your first speaking gig why Why should you want to get into speaking at conferences or meetups? Well, for me personally, I find it certainly helps in promoting my business. Mm-hmm. So I don't stand on stage and talk about what products we offer because that would be really boring and inappropriate. But I get to talk about my experiences in business, much like what we do in this podcast, which obviously relates back to my company and kind of inadvertently promotes it. I also know that if you're a designer, for example, you'll often find that you do get work through speaking arrangements, whether it's by being hired for projects uh, projects by somebody in the audience or referred to by people who have listened to you speak at conferences. Maybe they've got too much work on and then they think of you and, and get you work instead. So so quite simply, I think it's a really good marketing channel and something worth exploring. Yeah, I think it's, uh, well, it's something you have a lot more experience in uh, than I do, but it seems like a, it seems like a, a great way yeah, to promote yourself, but not, not in a kind of horrible marketing advertising kind of way, but just getting up and sharing your, sharing your story, which people are people love stories they love to hear you know the background and how how things came about so sharing your experiences and sharing your uh, your stories and how you how you failed and how you succeeded and the challenges you faced it's um people like people like hearing about that and um like you said yeah it, it can lead on to potential work and so it's definitely an interesting thing for someone someone who's wanting to pursue a passion based business 
you're gonna have to you're gonna have to learn how to talk about it and and get up there and start you know telling people about it otherwise you know you're you're gonna find it pretty hard to to get customers so whether you do it on stage in front of a thousand people or if it's if it's at expos or or just you know over a coffee with a potential client that you you have to get good at telling telling your story on how you know what your business does and what you what you do and how you're how you're different from everybody else and uh you have to just nail that kind of that lift pitch yeah that's true i i agree with you but i and i also think that um public speaking is not an easy thing to do it's really nerve-wracking you do have to have a thick skin to deal with criticism and sometimes you have to work to really tight deadlines with basically no financial compensation but I still think it's worth it even if it is simply an exercise in confidence and learning how to talk about your business and selling your business without being sleazy sales pitch person Mm -hmm. and you've done Um, it you've done it quite a bit now Oh, I don't I don't know if I've done it quite a bit. I think I've done about seven talks now. Mm-hmm. And that's ranging from really small intimate meetups to, you know, bigger venues with hundreds of people. So I've had a bit of experience speaking to both sizes of crowds under different circumstances. I actually much prefer the smaller meetups because you can really read the audience better, you can bounce off one another, you can get into a bit of um, like joke back and forth, whereas bigger conferences I find really impersonal and it's more like you're just talking at people, which I find quite uncomfortable. So that's my experience. I haven't, I'm not um, an advanced speaker by any means, but have a few under my belt now and um, something I definitely want to pursue more next year. But what about you, Paddy? Because if I remember correctly, I'm sure that you either did a pitch for we taps or a talk or something alongside your business partner for that uh i've definitely done i've had limited experience in in giving presentations and talks i've done i've kind of told like we mentioned there told our story um when it came to when it came to we taps and the <clears throat> we uh, we've pitched it a few times at various at various little uh, meetups or, or conferences, or there was a, there was a kind of, yeah, a, like a startup pitch event where, you know, you had, you had a few minutes to, to present your idea and ours was creating kids apps uh, and you had to pitch it. And then, you know, people voted on, on who should win at the end of the evening. We didn't win. Uh, but the, we've done that sort of stuff where we t- told, you know, our story on how we came up with uh, the the idea and how we we worked and what we're trying to what we're trying to achieve with our apps and uh, so we've we've done that sort of stuff before and I've told our our story and I've had the experience then of I've had the experience of of kind of crafting a talk and and making sure there was like a a thread running through it like a yeah like a story so starting off with with how how we you know came up with the idea for the first app and how we we started working on it and then working through the what feedback we got from that and and how we've we've branched out into other apps and how we've worked together and set up a good working relationship things like that so it was uh, i liked the i did like the the part where we were you know crafting the the story uh, around the talk so it wasn't just uh, okay slide 1 we we show this 
project slide two is this project slide three it had to have a bit of a narrative in there so that was quite um interesting to do it's something different than than doing you know web design and, and app design and illustration it's it's storytelling so that that aspect was quite enjoyable the getting up and talking part was okay i mean it's a little bit nerve-wracking the for, well for me it was a little bit nerve-wracking the first time first couple of times doing it but and you always kind of had had the nerves there or, or the kind of excitement before the getting up on stage in front of in front of people but i found it easier as i went along and then i kind of enjoyed enjoyed uh giving the talk and i've also done i've also done a, a like a couple of kind of mini workshops uh, in the past at various uh here in belgium there was a like a, an apple users uh like people who use Apple products, there's a kind of community around that and, and kind of like, you know, bar camp kind of stuff. So getting up and, and giving a, I've done a little kind of workshop on design. Uh, and I've also, I've also presented to students from that are now doing the course that I did. So back in Belfast, I was asked back to kind of tell them what I did in the course and then how I progressed into the, into the big bad world and, and, created my own business and that was kind of interesting as well to to look back on my story but yeah so I've had a little bit of experience but I don't think to the same numbers that you've uh talked to what, what's that the biggest audience you've talked to it's still not that big I think it was 250 so it's still relatively small scale but I find that even doing it to an audience of 200, 250 people, it still works out really well for me because I still find that I get a lot of inquiries through um, as a result of that. And a lot of people end up tweeting or mentioning Insurance by Jack or um, highlighting it to other people. So it's still a really good number for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just... hmm? No, sorry, go on ahead. I was just going to say that with both of us having quite different experiences, I thought it would be fairly it would be good to kind of yeah give some give listeners some advice on how to kind of prepare for their first speaking gig what were you going to say paddy i was going to say there is a big difference between what i've done and what you've done is that i've never i've never spoken at an event where people have paid to come and hear me talk so the only things i've ever spoken at it was like a free event or a bar camp or or you know nobody had nobody had paid for a ticket for the event and that's That's a big horrible thought (laughs) yeah that's like a big difference for that must be going through your head when you're preparing the talk and and up there on stage that must be a lot that must add a lot more pressure than than it would if it was yeah just a free event I think that's what takes the you know a lot of the pressure off me when I was doing my my little talks and things what was yeah, this is a, I'm doing it for, I'm doing it for free and the people are here, you know, voluntarily. It's not a, it's not that they spent hundreds of euros or hundreds of pounds on a ticket and um, are here to hear me talk. So that must be a little bit daunting, no? Oh yeah, you have to provide, well, the way that I look at it, which isn't even correct because you're sharing the stage with maybe six other people, but 
you have to provide £150 worth of value, really. Uh You have to make people... They're taking a day off work too. There's a whole bunch of pressure. Mm -hmm. You have to... I mean, obviously, you're never going to please everybody in an audience, but you have to do your best to make as many people there not only wish that they hadn't taken the day off work, but also walk away thinking, okay, I've learned something practical from that that I can now apply starting from tomorrow. Or... I feel really inspired and ready to run home and make something. Mm-hmm. It's definitely on my mind. Maybe that's why I prefer the smaller meetups too, because they're never paid. There's no pressure. It's just like a bunch of friends hanging out, sharing experiences. Mm-hmm. I much prefer that. But you know how you said you did a talk to students? Yeah. I once did that too. And I made a joke about micro machines and everybody was too young to know what I meant. <laughs> That's it was horrible. really bad. <laughs> yeah, I had a oh, I'm old moment. Um, so, yeah, one of the kind of pieces of advice I would give to anybody who's listening that's kind of flirting with the idea of getting into speaking is, um, and this is super obvious, but let me explain. I really think the key to delivering a good talk is preparation. So like I said, I've had to work to really tight deadlines for writing a talk. I've had as little as two weeks to to do everything, to write the to plan the talk, to write it, to rehearse it, and that has been horribly stressful. Now, fortunately, for me, my first speaking gig, I had something ridiculous like a year between getting asked to do it and then the talk itself which is which is a huge length of time and although it didn't take me a year to write my talk it certainly helped having a number of months to to iterate it and to learn it and it wasn't rushed and I felt as prepared as I possibly could so I think for me and a lot of people as well to feel as confident as you possibly can on stage and confidence makes a big deal I think that makes or breaks your talk for me to feel as confident I have to know my talk inside out So if you're thinking of getting started speaking at conferences, make sure it's one where you've got, for your first talk anyway, where you've got plenty of time to write your talk and practice. You're not rushed and and that, because being rushed adds to the stress um, and you're already going to have a lot to be stressed about. Actually, I've just remembered it wasn't two weeks. I once had two days. Oh. Yeah, but that was just a small meetup and it was free, so it wasn't that bad. But a big paid conference, I had two weeks. So I really would say... Um, that be conscious of how long you've got because you're already going to have a lot to be stressed about and you don't want to have to worry about time limitations. Would you agree, mm. Paddy? Yeah, and the no matter if you've got yeah two days or two years to prepare for this talk, you're always going to feel like you didn't prepare enough. You're always going to think, I should have you know read over this one more time. Or you're always going to have that feeling that you didn't um, do enough preparation for it. But the biggest piece of advice I can say is uh, don't tell the audience that I've had oh god I've, I've yeah. been to so many talks where like the people get up and they start talking and what they they first say uh, is yeah I, I'm I haven't had a lot of time to prepare for this or or this is a part of the talk that I'm not uh, that I'm not an expert on so it's really I know why they're trying to do it they're trying to take the pressure off but it just you know makes it sound like uh, you haven't it's kind of a real letdown and and that they haven't done the they haven't done the put the work in when they probably have but then it just kind of it, it, it seems like uh why am i sitting listening to this if you're not putting the effort into it so that's uh it may be tempting to to 
say that you've not done enough preparation to try and take the pressure off, but it just has the opposite effect, I think. Oh, I 100% agree with you. As like I just said, confidence makes or breaks a talk. And yeah, just no, just don't get up there and say that you've never done it before. You're not prepared. Don't do that. Just go up there and own it. Okay. So uh, my next piece of advice is don't lose sight of what it is that you're trying to achieve. Okay. So the first thing you should do when beginning to write a talk is to really nail what you want the ultimate goal to be. What's the value in the talk? What's the takeaway? Is it to inspire people to take action and build something? Or is it to uh, inspire people to go freelance? Whatever it is, I always make sure that I write what I'm trying to achieve at the top of all of my notes so that I don't lose sight. Because when you're speaking, remember, it's so easy to go off on a tangent and lose track of what you're, what it was you were initially saying. I do it all the time on this podcast. <laughs> and when I'm speaking, when I'm writing a talk, I have millions of pages of notes open all the time relating to my talk. But at the top of all of those pages of notes, I always have what my ultimate goal is so that I can keep that message consistent throughout my talk. So I think that's really important is to understand what the kind of core message of your talk is and what you're trying to achieve and just keep that in mind the entire time you're writing your talk. Yeah, that's a great great piece of advice because it's it helps keep you on track and have a you should look at each each slide in your talk or each each page of your notes and think uh, is this contributing to the the overall goal is this is this uh, relevant in my talk uh, and if not then you know cut it out i mean it's okay to meander a bit and go off on tangents but they need to be really good tangents you need to be really funny or uh, you know it needs to it needs to have a purpose in the talk it needs to lighten the mood or or kind of be a segue between two really different um two really different subjects within the talk or something but if it's just a tangent for for you know a tangent's sake uh then it's really you have to ask yourself is it really worth it because people might just get lost or you might not be as funny as you think you are so it's definitely uh it's definitely something yeah always consider everything you put in your talk if it's contributing to the the overall goal or not yeah i never tried to be funny in my talk i think that would just bomb goodness (laughs) that'd be really embarrassing wouldn't it so another really important thing that i think is before you do your talk is to practice your pacing. So when I landed my first speaking gig, I asked Robbie Manson for advice. You know Robbie? Mm -hmm. And the reason I asked him was because he was actually really new to it too. And I'd actually witnessed his first speaking gig. You might have been there, Paddy, at New Adventures. Ah, yeah. Oh, that was a fantastic talk, his first Exactly. Mm. I thought he just nailed it. He did really well. Yeah, he really did. So I asked him for advice and the advice he gave me was quite simply to pace myself because when you're up there on stage, no matter how well rehearsed your talk is um, and you know, you've know you got a 30 minute talk and you know that you, you're coming in at 30 minutes, everything's perfect. When you're up there, your adrenaline is pumping and you're nervous. And because of that, you can easily speed through a 30 minute talk in 15 minutes and then be left with an awkward 15 minutes off silence. 
Mm-hmm. Well, not that you would just stand there for the next 15 minutes. That would be weird. But it's a horrible problem to, to have. So be super conscious of pace and practice pacing yourself. And that that is why you should practice your talk beforehand. I think a lot of it is down to, to pace. I've seen people speak and they finish their talk 20 minutes early and it's super awkward. Mm-hmm. Don't let that be you. And you can tell when somebody, it really gives... As an audience member, if you're looking, if you're listening to a talk and the, the speaker takes a, a five second pause and grabs a drink of water or just kind of takes a, a couple of seconds pause between between points, it really lets things sink in and it makes you think it makes you um, it gives you confidence in their speaking ability. You think, OK, they they have it under control here and they're, you know, they're taking the pacing seriously. But yeah, if you, if, if someone is just blasting through, through their slides and, and just it's point after point and you don't have time to take it in, then that's really, that throws you off a bit when you're, when you're listening to it. Yeah. And that must've been quite tricky for you because you were speak you've done, a, you know, you've spoken with somebody before. So you, you can, you can't account for their pace. You can only account for your own pace. That must've been was that not quite tricky? We, well, we we practiced it a good bit um, ourselves, and the thing about those talks where it was two of us, uh, the the one of the benefits of of those those talks was the fact that they, they, they were very short. I mean, we we did ones that were you know fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, and those were kind of we had certain sections that we covered. I mean, I talked about the, the design part and, and he talked about the development and then I would talk a bit about like how we marketed the apps. And then he would talk about, he would talk about the, the background of, uh, he wanted to make apps for, for his own kids and give that part of the story. So we had different sections we could talk about, but we did do like, a I think it was a, like a five minute pitch. It was, it was like speed pitching and you had to pitch your whole idea within five minutes. And then we had to really practice and nail it down to, down to the second. Like I had, okay, I've got 20 seconds to make this point. And, um, and that was, uh, that was quite challenging as well. That was really, uh, we, we really just had to practice it and practice it. And then as we did it more and more and we did that, that pitch a few times, uh, we just got better at it and reading when the other person was going to finish their point and you could jump in, you know. So, uh, yeah, practice again is uh, is key there. That sounds cool. We should totally do a, a double act on stage. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> if I, if thinking about like big, um, like a big proper talk, uh, at, like at a conference where people have paid to come and listen. I'm not sure if it's... Um, if it's something I would really enjoy doing, I think I might enjoy doing something like that. I guess my, uh, I'm not sure if I'm so uh, nervous about the actual speaking on stage. It's more the, it's more me thinking that, uh, do I have a good enough story to tell people or do I, do I know enough um, stuff that that they want to hear, or do I know? Do I have something uh, that people would appreciate that that uh, to put out there? That's kind of maybe what would hold me back. Is that something that you felt would, whenever you were like, kind of why would people listen to me? You know. Oh yeah, absolutely, all the time. Like next week, I'm giving a talk on what happens after you ship at a conference and. I've only had experience really of, of launching one proper business. And so there are a billion people who'd be much more experienced than me, but 
I just, there's a really great quote from Josh Shipp, which I don't have in front of me right now, so I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's, um, you've got your story and you've got your personality and that's your talk. So even if your story, your story is always going to be different to somebody else. Maybe they have a more entertaining one, but you can bring your personality and your story to the table and, and provide something unique to the audience. And also if you get into that mindset of thinking, you know, why should I do this when other people are have more interesting stories or are more experienced, you're never going to do anything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I still think that way, but now I just now I just say yes. Yes, say yes, yes. How did you say yes the first time? What what was your first like major speaking gig? Oh, so my first ever speaking gig was at Industry Conference in Newcastle. Oh yeah. And it was Gavin. I ended up being nominated for the .NET Awards for Conference Talk of the Year for my really? first ever talk. Yeah, wow. it was crazy. I didn't win though. But um, it's the taking part that counts. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was Gavin Elliott who, yeah, he's a friend of mine, internet friend. He's a friend, yeah. He's a, he's a great guy and I really trusted him. So when I was completely inexperienced, I had no idea what i talk about. But Gavin just made me feel so comfortable that... I felt I had to say yes. I, like, I knew he would take care of me and he did. So, and that was too, I think it was, that was quite a small one. It was a good size to do my first talk to. It was a hundred and, 150 maybe. Mm-hmm. So it was a nice size and it, it went down quite well. And yeah, scary, 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 scary. But make sure that that's a really important piece of advice as well. Like make sure that if you do your first speaking gig, make sure you kind of gel with the organizer, make sure that you are on the same page because you really, your safety and your well-being is important. And I knew that Gavin, I just trusted Gavin, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. And that was important to making me feel more comfortable. So my my next tip is to not sweat the details. So I didn't really get caught up in any of the techie details other than for my first talk anyway, other than knowing what ratio my slides should be. Like people say you should get to know the venue, you should know what microphone you're using, you should know what lighting they have. Nah, see for your first talk, all you should worry about is getting yourself up onto stage and remembering your words. I think that you, I think for your first talk, you should not worry about all of that stuff. Don't sweat the details. Let the organizer know that it's your first talk and all you really want to worry about is the talk itself. And if the organizer is a decent person, then they should totally understand that. I just think you can get so caught up in sweating the details when that's not your job. Just focus on the talk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's important. And also... It's not going to be as scary or as bad as you think it will be. So a lot of people, a lot of people get a high after giving a talk. I don't get that, okay? I don't know if you get that high. I don't get that, but my talk is still never as bad or as scary as I anticipate it to be. And your first talk obviously requires you treading into this unknown water, but just remember that you'll be building up in your head for it to be much scarier than it actually is. Like you just said, you only kind of get nervous in the beginning and then the nerves disappear. So it's not going to be as scary or as bad as you think it will be. So just go for it, guys. Are you there? I am. Yeah. I'm just enjoying listening to uh, to this advice. Well, I've got one more piece of advice but it's not really um, for preparing for your first speaking gig. It's more so what not to do after you finish your talk. Okay. Don't 
get off the stage and open Twitter and check all of the compliments and praise you've received. Listen to the other speakers. Wait until the break. Wait until nobody sees you doing that. I know it's really tempting to see what the feedback's been, but you're not there to massage your ego. So don't do that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think that's that's a great piece of advice. I think whenever you come off the stage, you should concentrate on, on letting yourself calm down a bit and, oh, and yeah. uh, just taking a, taking a moment to, to let everything sink in. And I mean, yeah, check Twitter or whatever later on, if you want. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do about, uh, about what people have tweeted, you know, 20 minutes ago or anything. So, I mean, it's, just take a, take a moment to, to, relax after after you've just given your talk you know exactly so i hope with these tips people feel a bit more prepared about perhaps you know doing their first speaking gig there are so many benefits to doing it and it's something i'm really glad that i've gotten into it's something that i hope to to do a lot more of next year i really hope to become experienced and have a lot more advice maybe we'll return to this topic a year down the line and i'll be some speaking pro and so will paddy yeah and best of luck with your talk next week well thanks i'll need it i've only had a couple of weeks to prepare (laughs) (laughs) thanks okay is that us then that's us it's a wrap talk to you later (laughs) bye bye (laughs)